Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so happy to be here with you. And today we're going to talk about hospitality, about walls down hospitality. And we're going to get really practical as well this morning. We're always rooted in the word, but we're going to come um, down to some really practical things as well. So we're going to talk about what hospitality is, what it isn't, and how no matter what our budget or our ability, we can all get involved, we can all practice hospitality. And I don't know what you think of when somebody says um, hospitality. For some of you, you jump for joy. Um, but others of you, it might fill you with dread. Um, the idea of, of a disaster, maybe really hard work, lots of washing up. Maybe you think of friends and family and fun. We all have different um, responses to the word hospitality. So we're going to start with the dictionary definition. I, I like to be practical. I like to, to have a, a starting place. And um, whatever dictionary it was that I looked at online, this is what it said, and I like it. It is the act of being friendly and welcoming to guests and visitors. Nice and simple. So that's what hospitality is. Let's look at what hospitality isn't. So it isn't necessarily entertaining. You don't have to entertain people. Um, I cut my teeth on on the 1970s dinner party, which was all about entertaining. And my mum would be doing the entertaining and I would be in the kitchen doing the cooking. She wasn't allowed by a naked flame because it was the 1970s and she was wearing chiffon. Um, So I used to do the cooking and she would be doing the entertaining and it was quite lavish and it made a lot of washing up and it was jolly hard work, but I got paid for doing it, which was always a win. But that's not what we're talking about here. It's not even necessarily cooking, although food is, is good as part of, um, of uh, hospitality, but it doesn't have to be. And it's not about presenting a public face or being the perfect host in the perfect house. I have a quote on my Instagram account, which is mainly about food because that's where my interest lies. Um, but the quote is this. Hospitality isn't about letting people into our perfect homes. It's about letting them into our imperfect hearts. And I don't know who that is attributed to, I couldn't find out, but I'm just going to say it again. Hospitality isn't about letting people into our perfect homes. It's about letting them into our imperfect hearts. And the point is that hospitality is all about connection. It's not what we do, it's how we connect with people. And for those of us that are intimidated or pressurised by the thought of providing the perfect food in the perfect house, well, you don't have to be. What you have to think about is how, how do I connect with people? How do I join with them? And I was thinking about the table as well. Um, like Marcus was saying, Mark Lawrence has a lot of stuff about the table on his social media. But the table isn't just a physical space. The table can be a sacred space. The table is the joining of hearts. The table is a platform. And so you don't have to be restricted by, I haven't got a table or what can I provide for the table? It's all about the joining together of people. And that is the heart of hospitality. And that's also the joy of hospitality in a, in a global pandemic. Um, the expectations are removed. The bar has been set much lower, much lower. So what was once the height of rudeness, um, talking to people on our doorsteps, um, has now actually become a thing. You know, you don't have to invite, in fact, you can't invite people in at the moment, um, but you can talk to them on your doorstep. And 
that's, that's a great thing. And I'm going to come back to that a bit later about how we make the most of the season that we're in currently. But before we do that, let's look at how Jesus um, practiced hospitality. And we had a hint of that from Karen this morning. You know, Jesus would have fit right in to our current climate because he was the master of simple al fresco or outdoor dining. It's, it's what he did best. And we don't know much about Jesus' house or home or where he lived. We, we don't learn an awful lot about that. But we do know that he spent time eating and drinking with his friends and his disciples. We know he went to Mary and Martha's house, to Lazarus' house. We know that when he met Zacchaeus in a tree, he actually announced to Zacchaeus that he was coming to stay at his house. And from that, Zacchaeus' life was changed and he repented. And that's a great story I haven't got time to go into today. Um, but that was all part of Jesus' Well, really offering and receiving hospitality because when you go to somebody's home, when you're a guest, that's as much about hospitality as actually being the one doing the inviting. And we'll touch upon that a bit later. And there are a number of counts of Jesus feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000. And he provided simple food at a time when people needed it. And then at the end of John, we have a lovely account of how Jesus uh, made, disciple, made breakfast for the disciples. And we're going to pick up the story in John 21, verse 7 to 12. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some fish of the ones that you've caught. And so Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. And it was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. A shoreline, a fire, Jesus' favourite meal, bread and fish. Simple fare, just what was needed at the time. And the result is that Peter reconnects with Jesus. We haven't got time to read on in the story today, but it's a really significant moment when Peter is able to tell Jesus how much he loves him three times, just as he denied Jesus three times. And there wasn't a table there was a beach and a fire, but what was created was a sacred space. What was created was a table of reconciliation, a, a table of connection. And that is so, such an important thing for us. So Jesus is a great example of walls down hospitality. He provided what people needed at the time. So let's look at how we can do that. Now, trying out hospitality um, while the expectation is low, while we're in this season, let's make the most of that. Let's make the most of the current climate. You don't have to wait till we're back to normal. And if you look over here, you can see some of my pre-COVID hospitality items. Let me stand over here. So my table, tablecloth, if you're lucky, not ironed. Um, but yeah, uh, crockery, glasses, little tea light, cutlery, would have all been the types of things that I would have used for hospitality. Now my hospitality looks like this. It is a hot water bottle, a blanket, a big umbrella, a flask, my camping chair, make sure you've got a comfy one, my walking boots 
and my raincoat. They are my current hospitality tools. And, um, and last summer, I often used to keep a couple of camping chairs and a blanket just in the back of my car so that I could just call on somebody. Um, I could just pop round to see somebody. And I was self-sufficient. I had my flask with me with my coffee. No expectation on anybody else to do anything. Um, so you don't need a clean and tidy house and you don't need to cook fancy food. And if you think, well, that's not really hospitality. Well, remember, hospitality is about connection. It's all about connecting with other people and in particularly at this time don't wait to try and connect people do it now whilst we can because it's about creating opportunities and now we can meet in gardens but if you haven't got a garden why not go for a walk if you can't walk why not have a seat meet this is a cool phrase that I heard. I think it might have been Penny Crabtree that came up with it. A seat meet. Now, a few weeks ago, I met with my friend Judith. And um, she um, lives in some flats that have got some grounds. But we didn't know if we'd be able to sit in the grounds. Um, so I made sure that in the car I'd got a cushion. Because I knew that Judith couldn't walk very far. But she has a wheelie walker with a seat on it. And I thought, well, even if we end up at the end of the drive sitting on the wall... I've got my cushion with me and we'll both be comfortable. As it was, we were able to sit on a bench in the sunshine and we had a glorious time. No food, no drink, but we made a connection and we shared life together. And throughout this last year, I've done a number of things that I, I don't think I would have dreamt of doing previously. Having a picnic in the rain with the, with the big umbrellas up. Um, just standing on a doorstep, again, under an umbrella quite often, just chatting with someone. Having somebody stand on my doorstep. Now, I found that really hard. Everything within me, particularly in the first lockdown, everything within me wanted to be able to invite somebody in. But it's all we could do was stand on a doorstep. And that was enough to make a connection. Um, I've had chairs around the front door when we couldn't come in gardens. I've got a favourite rock in Eileen Bruff's garden, which I like to perch on. She sits on the bench and we can have a little chat together. I've walked around people's neighbourhoods with a coffee and a muffin, maybe where they, we don't have the privilege of having lovely walks. Maybe we've just walked up and down the street. But again, I've just been conversing and making connections with people. So whilst we're still under these restrictions, make the most of that. Now, my next few points are more about what happens when we've come out of that. So if I say invite somebody around for a meal, I don't mean now. I mean when we can, okay? But the first point is make the most of the current climate. The second point is be prepared to take a risk. Now, making, making connections with people involves us being vulnerable. It involves us asking people to come to our houses and they might say no. And I, I really struggle with, with rejection and, and I can find that really difficult sometimes. But be courageous. Ask somebody to come to your house. Make that connection. And be prepared to ask open questions and be prepared to give something of yourself, whether you're the guest or whether you're the host. Be prepared to give something of yourself and share some of your life with someone. So be prepared to take a risk. And thirdly, if you lack confidence and resources, collaboration is the key. It's not always easy to ask for help, but start with a friend. Maybe start with a friend and suggest that together you invite somebody out for a walk. Together you cook a meal. Together you have somebody round to your house. And also don't feel that you have to provide everything. Ask one person to bring dessert. Maybe ask somebody else to bring drinks. Um, 
I once did a, a meal where somebody um, roasted the joint at their house. I did all the trimmings at my house. And then when it was time to get the joint out of the oven, they wrapped it up in some tea towels, brought it to our house. And it's like, I only did half a meal and it was fabulous. It just took all the pressure off. So collaboration is, is really important. Um, I'm amazed by how many people actually say to me, um, what would you like me to bring? And to be honest, if I'm getting together with Karina Gledhill and she doesn't bring a Gooseby meringue pie, I don't know what to do. They are amazing. The world hasn't quite ended, but, you know, collaboration, teamwork, it's the key. Fourthly, let's follow Jesus' example. Keep it simple. Provide what's needed. So before lockdown, we used to have a little group on a Friday every other week um, called Cozy with the Cosgroves. And it was about getting round the fire. It was about snuggling up on the sofa. And it was about having something you could eat out of a bowl that was like comfort food. Um, it didn't need a four-course meal with a formally laid table um, and a starter and petit fours, whatever they might be. Um, what it needed was something cosy and comforting because that was what's required for the time and it wasn't fancy food. So make sure that you, um, that you provide what's needed at the time. It might be pasta on a patio. Um, I've done that before as well. Um, and not everyone wants to cook. And if you don't want to cook, don't put yourself under that pressure. Um, I've been to very fancy houses and had meals where people have tried too hard and they've tried to impress me. And to be honest, nobody needs impressing, but everybody needs loving. That's the most important thing. So if you want to go full on fancy, well, go for it. But if not, here's a few suggestions. Walk and leftovers. We do this between Christmas and New Year and we invite a bunch of people round and we say, bring all the leftovers out of your fridge and put them on our table and we'll eat them together. Um, sometimes people haven't got leftovers and they just bring something else. It doesn't matter. The point is, get a bunch of people together, teamwork and collaboration. Everyone shoves something on the table. I get somebody else to plan the walk. Brendan and I load the dishwasher at the end and fun is had by all, but not a lot of effort. How's about this one? A packet of scones or scones, a pot of cream, a jar of jam, a pot of tea. What could be lovelier than that? Um, invite someone for breakfast. A bacon sandwich is a delight. We used to do student breakfasts a number of years ago and we would start breakfast at about half past 10, 11 o'clock and we would lay on a full cooked breakfast and at half past five, we would be saying to people, would you like a lift home? And the reason was that we had provided a comfortable space. We'd provided a sofa. Students always need a sofa because often they haven't got one. Um, and they've got a hall of residence with a dining table. And so we just provided what they needed. And we had newspapers, we had breakfast, and then we just let people chill out in our space. But it wasn't difficult to do. After a meeting on Sundays, if Sunday lunch is too much, go for sandwiches and cake later in the day. Ask someone out for coffee. Meet up for a walk and you provide the drink and the snack. There's all sorts of things that you can do to, to, to um, follow Jesus' example and provide simple food at the right time. Point five, be prepared. Maybe practice a few dishes, um, have some things in the house, have a range of drinks, so something decaffeinated, a high juice squash, a herbal tea and some regular drinks. Keep a bag of crisps and a packet of crisps in the back of the cupboard. I mean a bag of crisps and a packet of biscuits in the back of the cupboard hidden from the family. So if someone pops around or you want to invite someone around, you've got something for them. Do your homework. Is there anything they don't eat? Um, 
and don't let a lack of table or space be a problem, but tailor your food to it. So a bowl of rice and curry sitting on the sofa is easier than sawing your way through a pork chop with gravy. So just be prepared, do a bit of homework. And finally, be yourself and have fun. It is supposed to be fun. Hospitality is not supposed to be about getting all your ducks in a row. It's supposed to be enjoyable. And it's not about you doing all the work and everyone else is sitting around. So make sure that you have fun. There is always a plan B. Plan B might be toast, but there is always a plan B. So be yourself and have fun. So as we finish, to sum up, these points. Try out simple hospitality still while you can in this season. Take a risk and let people in. Collaborate and ask for help. Keep it simple and provide what's needed. Be prepared, be yourself and have some fun. Remember, hospitality isn't about letting people into our perfect homes. It's about letting them into our imperfect hearts. If we let the walls down of our imperfect hearts and we let each other in, we can change the world. One cup of coffee, one bacon sandwich one bowl of pasta at a time. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you created a table for us in the midst of our enemies. And God, I thank you that you have given us everything we need, that if we let our walls down, we too can create that sacred space where we connect with others. And God, my prayer this morning is that you would give us courage, that you would give us a heart to take a risk, that you would give us hearts that have walls down and look out to other people. And together, one bowl of pasta at a time, we would change the world, we would connect with one another, and we would see you glorified, Father, in our hospitality. In the name of Jesus. Amen.